All right, we're back with another One Question With episode. I'm Jamie Oikel from runningrestaurants.com. We're bringing you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I've got David DiLorenzo of barandrestaurantinsurance.com with me. Here we go. All right, David, what do restaurants and bars need to know about business insurance? What do you think? Well, business insurance, lots of uh, different tangents of, you know, things within an insurance policy. If you're serving liquor, liquor liability, that's a, that's a huge one. And one of the largest exposures out there for restaurants, whether you're a wine bar or a, you know, or a restaurant even serving just a little bit, of, you know, 30% of your liquor receipts, um, be it, it, it is the largest exposure out there. So liquor liability, I would say would be the number one. Number two would be the general liability portion of it. People that bite into something and lose a tooth. I, I see it way too frequently. Somebody that slips and falls on the wet floors because the floors weren't dried or they weren't, you know, they didn't have the little signs that said, you know, watch where you're stepping sort of thing. Or maybe it was just phantom water. Anyways, we see a lot of those claims as well. Even people that leave restaurants and trip outside in the parking lot where the restaurant can get drug into the lawsuit, even though it may be the property management or the, the landlord's property. So, you know, stuff like that. But property is another line item in restaurant insurance. Your property is going to be all of your tenant improvements. So all the money that you put in um, as far as the work, you know, putting in the, the tile, the backsplash, the kitchen equipment that's permanently, you know, affixed to your restaurant. Um, and then your business property that can leave the premise. So that would be your inventory. That would be your um, POS systems, your tables, chairs, TVs, all that sort of stuff. So that's another line item that comes in what would we would call your package policy or your basic you know, business owner policy, your BOP. Those are the main components of that. And then you have a separate line item for workers' compensation. So the workers' compensation, I, I think most people know and, and pretty self-explanatory, that's going to take care of your employees if they are to get hurt, you know, on the job while working for you, that sort of thing. Um, so those are really your basic, you know, types of elements. There are a lot of ancillary other products that um, people either need per their lease. And that is one thing that gets really overlooked a lot of times is that you may go sign a lease with a landlord and it could be a big landlord say you're in you know texas and you're signing a big lease with some landlord in new york that has an attorney that's drum up this sort of language that basically states hey you have to have a five million dollar umbrella to go over your liability and a lot of times when people just sign the lease and don't really read about the extra coverage that they have they don't realize that that extra five million going over liquor liability or something else could be the same amount of premium has all their other coverages. So just a good tip for the trade, if you're going out and you're, you know, you have a good broker or somebody really review the lease aspect of what you're signing up for, because the insurance coverage that they are asking for, and a lot of these big landlords, they will not bend on it after the fact. They might bend a little bit where they go, okay, we, you don't have to have a $5 million umbrella. We're good with a one. Save you thousands of dollars. Again, I'm not advocating, you know, less insurance coverage is better necessarily. I'm just advocating let's, let's do business and let's be adequately covered. So. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah. The, one of those things that in, in leases that, that could get you. So I, I, I want to go here because what's interesting about you, David, is you, you are, are, are part owner in businesses. You've been in the business for years. You know, the nitty gritty behind the details. You talk with your, your clients and, 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 but, and, you know, and, and you really consult with them and you have that, that perspective of, 
of it. But I, I wanted to kind of ask you a question based on the things that you, you talked about needing. Is there then, you know, training requirements about liquor? Is there training requirements about safety that have to be in place for a restaurant for a claim to be valid or, or, or so forth? What, what do you say around a topic like that? Yeah, great question. You know, training should always be first and foremost on everybody's, you know, front of mind, especially if you're opening up a business. And I don't care what the business is, whether you're a restaurant, an insurance agency, uh, a retail store, you should have training. And in the restaurant business, you know, generally having your employee handbook, having your liquor certification for all your employees that are serving liquor, um, you know, even if you have people, you know, checking IDs and having the correct, you know, sort of act of violence or security, you know, sorts of measures in, in that genre of um, establishments as well. So, so training is a key component of, you know, again, any business, but especially the restaurant business and, and even training your employees that are working there on how to mop up a floor correctly, how not to, you know, pick up a bucket of full ice with your back and, and then, you know, you have this employee out of work for a year, all that sort of stuff. Going back to your question on whether or not a claim would be valid or, or not, that doesn't really pose a threat to a claim not being paid if you've already, you know, signed up for insurance. Generally, that sort of underwriting is going to happen on the front end. So if an agent is representing you and you're filling out an application, yes, I do have my liquor certification for these people. Yes, I do have, you know, you know, training for this. Yes, we do have a handbook. Then that application becomes a representation of you as a restaurant or bar owner. Um, that you're presenting to the insurance company and therefore they're saying, okay, they do have these measures in place. Okay, yes, we will write the risk and yes, we will write it for this much and maybe we'll even give you a discount on writing it from the very beginning because you do not just A, B, and C, but D, E, and F, so. Gotcha. Gotcha. I appreciate that. I, you know, I want to, I want to ask you about stuff that nobody wants to talk about. And that's like those, those crazy events that happen, whether it's fire, flood, earthquake, you know, violent event in, in a restaurant and th things of that nature. Nobody can prepare for these sort of things. They happen quickly out of the blue. Uh, some people don't get covered from them and it, it can devastate a business when there's no coverage. How do you talk about those big, you know, life-changing events with your clients? Yeah. So claims happen, I, you know, 19 years of doing this, I've seen quite a few and I've seen it on every gamut. I've seen it from, you know, the, the hurricanes and the flood and, and, you know, earthquakes and, and all that sort of stuff. Now you're going to, that's more, those are more offset coastal issues. And, and there are agents and agencies out there in those areas that specialize in that and do a good job at finding those coverages and making sure that they're available. Again, I can guarantee that most leases that people are signing are requesting that they have those coverages because the biggest ca ca catastrophe to a business that really can happen is having their business shut down, especially a restaurant for an extended period of time. So again, that will revert back to your property coverage and your business income coverage within the property. So if you get shut down, quote unquote, for a covered peril, whether it be, you know, lightning strikes and, you know, the, you're shut down or uh, you have a kitchen fire and, you know, half your restaurant burns down, you can't get open for another eight months, which I did have one of those about a year ago. You want to make sure that you are covered, you know, within replacement cost within 90 to 100% of what it would cost to replace your restaurant. And a lot of times, restaurateurs just kind of, you know, I've seen it and I've seen it on policies. I'm like, well, how much 
do you need a check for if this place were to burn down to the ground? And, you know, they're like, well, I would need, you know, half a million. Well, on other policy, they've got a quarter of a million. So God forbid something happens. They're not nearly covered enough for that. And, and, and so that can create a, a really big issue. And a lot of times what people don't understand, even if there's a little kitchen fire, the smallest one and the fire department gets called, make no bones about it. They're going to come in. They're going to break through the roof if they have to, through the glass, and they're going to foam the whole restaurant. And pretty much whether the fire encompassed the whole thing or not, the, everything's gone. Everything is trash. It all has to be replaced. So that right there, I mean, alone can just set a restaurant back and, and put them out of business for not having ample coverage, which could only cost anywhere from, you know, depending on how much, a couple hundred bucks to a couple thousand a year, depending on the size of the restaurant. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So one of those things where you want to make sure you have the right amount of coverages to cover every scenario that, or as many scenarios as possible that, that could happen. And another scenario that is coming up more and more in the uh, mobile world we're living on is, is delivery, is, is catering, is, is um, people who want their meals taken to their house. So is there something a restaurant needs to do specifically if they decide to take on delivery themselves? I think there must, that's probably a little bit more involved or if they're working with one of these third parties, uh, companies, whether it's a DoorDash of the world or, or Uber Eats, anything folks need to know about there? So in, in the world of DoorDash and Uber Eats and stuff like that, if you can get it negotiated to where those companies will add your restaurant, your entity has an additional insured onto their policy so that if they go out while delivering, you know, your food, um, that they were in, and you were to get sued for whatever reason, um, their, their coverage would extend over to you. Um, that's first and foremost, you know, it, it's definitely worth asking as far as these companies doing their own catering. That's fine. I mean, generally with a lot of the underwriting guidelines, if you're doing anywhere from, you know, 10 to 20% and you're going and doing a legitimate catering business, you're in the van, you get all your food and you're going and you're dropping it off and then you're coming back. That's, that's catering, not delivery because there's two separate things. Um, so with the catering aspect, um, the, the restaurants either going to have a specific vehicle that's added on the policy and they have their own set limits and then they have their list of drivers for that vehicle, or it may be a hired and non-owned auto coverage, which should be added to all restaurant policies. And that coverage allows somebody to drive their own vehicle, their insurance coverage becoming primary, God forbid they get in an accident and they injure somebody while on the job, but then another million dollars in uh, hired and non-owned auto would go over that in case the restaurant were to get drug into it. As far as a restaurant doing their own delivery, one of the hardest coverages to, to find out there. Um, let me rephrase that. Not necessarily hard to find, hard to get a restaurant to really pay for it unless a majority of their business, you know, 40% and up is really coming from delivery and they're making money off of it because it can cost for a million dollars in liability, which really should be the minimum that these guys are carrying because it doesn't take a lot to, you know, have somebody injured in the hospital and not be able to work that you end up hurting. Um, you know, you're looking at a minimum from anywhere from, you know, five to $7,000 a year just for that coverage for them to deliver their own food and do all that. And that's why a lot of them are going to Uber Eats and DoorDash and, and that sort of thing. That's interesting. I would, I, I, one of those things I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought about right out, right out of the gate. Um, another, another question that my kind of last question for you is, as we wrap up is, um, are there types of, uh, 
hospitality businesses, whether it's a, a food truck, a craft brewery um, that are a little bit different, that need to take special things into account. I'm probably missing a few ideas for sure. What are some, what are some unique situations that you come across? Yeah. Right now, you know, speaking within Arizona, I'm sure across the nation, there's a lot of people doing special events. Now, out here, we have what's called special event season, which is not the summertime. It's, it's uh, you know, summertime in Arizona gets a little bit hot. But going from, let's just say, October until May out here, there's an event probably every single weekend. And I'm finding more and more of these um uh, these bartending services um, coming out and doing craft, you know, craft cocktails and, and going to, you know, whatever music festival and setting up booths and, you know, doing a lot of unique sort of, um, you know, bartending with these, you know, weird drinks that, you know, are so unique and fun. And, and so it brings an added value or another um, aspect to not just the live music, but it's like, hey, we're going to go have this, you know, camel hair martini today over that we can only get this night. So I'm, I'm writing liquor liability and, um, you know, event coverage for a lot of just, you know, different types of events that are going on. The, the craft breweries have really blown up out here as well. We have a great craft brewery movement. Um, I think we're 90 plus craft breweries out here. There are unique coverages with them. There's covering their, um, their material, you know, their grains, all that sort of stuff in case it, you know, the, or the water goes bad. I mean, all sorts of different stuff. So when you look at the different types of risk in hospitality, of course, you're going to ensure a fine dining restaurant, a little bit different than the craft brewery, a little bit different than the winery, um, a little bit different than say the nightclub, which, you know, you definitely want to have full assault and battery limits um, because it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when two drunk people, you know, nudge into each other or somebody mouse off to the bouncer and you have a full out, you know, fight. And I've, I've had hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of claims paid out on this because it just, it's never a good thing for anybody. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Yeah. I think things you don't want to think about and don't want to happen, but it, it, I think you said it right there. Not, not uh, if, but when these things will, will happen uh, for businesses, unfortunately. So great stuff there, Dave. We covered a lot of ground. Uh, I think, I think um, uh, more than I, than I thought we'd get into. So it was good. A lot, a lot of tips there. Uh, for folks that want to find out more, what's the best way to get in touch with you, whether it's your website, social, Facebook, what do you think? Yeah, the, my website's great. I, it's all spelled out. It's barandrestaurantinsurance.com. Probably, I, I mean, literally, you could just Google bar and restaurant insurance. I should be one of the first things that pop up, but that, that's the best way. I mean, you can follow me. I have the same thing on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, that easy. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. So you can find, find David out there. Uh, folks, that was David DiLorenzo of barandrestaurantinsurance.com. Find out uh, more about them on their website at barandrestaurantinsurance.com. And for more great restaurant marketing, operations, service, people, and tech tips, stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks.